I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to The Parenthood. Society acknowledges that we need preparation to become a mum. I've spent the last 10 years teaching the bump class and seeing just how important it is from an emotional and practical point of view. But there's no training for you when you become a stepmum, a job that's just as important and arguably even harder. My guest today is Katie Harrison, a mum of three, a stepmum of two and host of the BBC podcast, You're Not My Mum, The Stepmum Side. No one sets out to be a stepmom, she says, and yet there are over two million stepmoms in the UK. Katie struggled with the complexity of her new job and the resulting emotions of anger, grief, frustration and shame. She observes, the kids you've grown sort of have to love you, but it's not the same with your stepchildren. Katie, thank you so much for being here today, uh, but also for having such an honest and brave conversation around such an important topic what did what did you think being a stepmom was going to be like oh thank you so much for having me um and it's brilliant that we we're able to kind of get this message out there a bit more I think I was incredibly naive um when I became a stepmom I've always loved children I actually had a three-year-old son when I met my partner um and children have always quite liked me. So I went into it thinking, well, this will be great. There'll be more people to love um, and it will be really fun. Um, And obviously, sometimes it was like that, but a lot of the time it wasn't. What was the reality like of of being a stepmom? So I think, um, you know, for a start, even the language around it. So stepmom kind of conjures up these horrible images of pantomime villains and you know, I've often said nobody grows up wanting to be a stepmom and nobody grows up wanting a stepmom. So already you're kind of in this quite difficult position. And I think historically, you know, stepmoms often came along after the death of the mother. So they sort of had quite a useful role. But nowadays, um, step families are more often formed out of divorce or separation. And obviously, you're being introduced to a child's life who's likely to feel regardless of the situation of their parents separation or even if there was a death a child who's likely to feel hurt concerned and and you know many many other emotions which are difficult to manage if you know that child really well and if you don't know that child really well it makes it all the more complex added on top of that you know not all divorces are civil so sometimes a lot of the stepmoms I talk to are kind of stuck in the middle of 
quite acrimonious biological parents and are often the, the scapegoat for the stepchildren. So, you know, it tends to be that a child might feel really angry towards dad, but actually they, you know, they love dad. Biologically, they're wired to love dad. So stepmom kind of receives a lot, a lot of that anger. Um, and I think I, I certainly um, took a lot of things very personally in the early days. And looking back, I can see that actually the the problem wasn't me as a human. The problem was dad was with somebody else. Um, and I think when you're when you're in that situation and you're so desperate to make it work, it's it's really hard to see that. It is, because essentially the reason you're in the children's life is because their parents' relationship failed. And maybe we need to think more about the terminology we use. Because actually, I mean, I've had so many conversations around sort of divorce. And actually, I think divorce has such a toxic kind of ring to it. We associate kind of failure and, and acrimony with it. And yet, I just think it's such a great thing to have. You know, if you think you're going to love someone for the rest of your life, but that relationship doesn't work or, or gets to a stage where it's no longer compatible for you, it's brilliant that we can move on. And, and we just need to let go of this whole, we failed at our marriage, your marriage failed. The whole divorce mm. thing is about what, what can you identify what, how you failed each other in your marriage? You're like, there's so much negativity here and it just feels so wrong and, and unfair for everyone involved. Yeah, and also, you know, you're so right. And the, the language that we use is problematic from the off. So, you know, society loves to pit women against women. So automatically, as a kind of stepmom, everyone will go, well, what's the ex like? And, you know, my my first child actually has a stepmom. So I know from the other side, people will say to me, oh, what's his stepmom like? And they, they sort of look a bit disappointed when I say, well, she, she's really, you know, my, my son's stepmom is is really nice. She's just the sort of person I want my child to be around. You know, we I don't know her that well. Um, but it's almost like if you're, it's almost like if you don't have that, negative emotion your story's a little bit boring but actually the more boring the better sometimes well and actually if you think about it yes on the one hand the two people that the child is kind of biologically primed to love are no longer together that doesn't mean they still don't love the child it doesn't necessarily mean they don't still love each other but I find with my children is that like I, I don't hardly have enough energy for them. Like often they just need so much of me, my time, my emotion, my my patience, just like time alone with me. And actually with a step parent, you've kind of got a sort of buy one, get one free situation that there is someone else mm. to kind of cater to your physical, but also emotional needs mm. that is really invested in you far more so than potentially a, you know, a godparent or a nanny or someone like that. Yeah, absolutely. And when it works, it can definitely be like that. And I think, you know, I'm in my 40s now and I've got friends who have great relationships with their stepmoms, but they all say it wasn't like that in the beginning. Um, and a lot of the issues will come in the beginning because the child will often not feel they have permission to love the stepmom or like the stepmom. And whether that's the child knowing that consciously or subconsciously, because sometimes they're too young to process that, um, it, you know, it will obviously depend on the age of the child and, and their, their development. But a lot of the time, this, the child will struggle with the stepmom because they feel such a loyalty to their biological mother and they feel like giving the stepmom a chance would be a betrayal to their mother. So it's really, really, really important that as biological mothers, if we are in that situation, no matter how painful it is for us, we try and at least give our child the permission to have a, have a relationship with the stepmom. 
And presumably that's conversations, you know, saying, I think this is a really good thing, thinking about the language you use, thinking about conversations that might be overheard. And just, you know, because actually, if you're really jealous and negative about the step parent, the person that suffers the most is your child. Exactly. And and you get nothing from that. Um, and I think, you know, it's very, very, very difficult. And, you know, a lot of marriages end not because both people want them to, but because one person wants them to. And it's not taking away anything about the pain that somebody feels about their divorce or their separation. It's just about saying, you know what, it, it's okay to feel pain, but try and find an outlet to share that that isn't towards your children. Um, and I know that I, st- you know, I, I've, um, I've been divorced from my first husband for for seven years, and I still find it painful when my son isn't with me because you don't grow you don't grow a child expecting that you're going to have to share them with somebody else. So it's not about saying we well, shouldn't feel like that. It's about saying it's okay to feel like that. Acknowledge that pain, and you can feel that pain. But try as best you can not to share any of that with your child um, because it, it doesn't do anybody any favours. I think we really struggle in life when the plan doesn't go to plan. Like we can oh, totally. with the highs and lows if the plan is happening. You know, yes, well, I always wanted children and I always knew this would be hard. But what, like, like you said, no one's like, I will have a lovely wedding and then seven years later we'll get divorced. That was never the plan. So it's almost like you're coping with the adjustment that your life isn't how you'd envisage it. Totally. And, you know, I'm one who likes to prep, read up, find out about things. I like to sort of, everything, everything I come across, I like to sort of try and do as well as I can, um, which isn't always very uh, helpful. But um, I think when I initially was met with okay this this stepmom gig isn't panning out how I expected you know where can I go what can I read what can I find and I didn't find anything that really spoke to me um you know there's there's one book um by an incredible social scientist called Dr Wednesday Martin um who actually interviewed on the first episode of our podcast which is great and her book's called Stepmonster but aside from that I didn't find anything that really resonated with me um and that's part of the reason why I wanted to create the podcast and I wanted to start bringing that conversation out there because as biological mothers we have roadmaps and we have role models and we have places where we can go to learn, as you said at the beginning, about how we should do our job well. As stepmoms, we don't have that, you know, that people really don't talk about it that much. Um, and there isn't really anywhere that you can go to talk openly and honestly. And I think we've got much better as a society at talking about, you know, postnatal depression and maternal health and mental health in mothers. And, you know, it's very acceptable to say, oh, my children are just driving me crazy. I need a break. But as a stepmom, you can't articulate that in the same way without really being judged. Um, So I just wanted to, you know, given that at the moment, step families are the fastest growing family structure um, and estimates will suggest that one in three children born today will eventually live in a step family. It's really important that we start normalizing some of those conversations and some of those emotions that stepmoms go through. So you've obviously got some experience. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you wish you'd known before becoming a stepmother? Well, um, I think I wish I'd known that it would take time, um, that it would take a lot more time than I expected, um, and that it would, you know, I knew it would be bumpy, but I think going into it, I thought that I could fix the things that weren't working, actually, 
I wish I'd known that I couldn't fix everything myself. Um, and it actually wasn't my responsibility to fix everything myself. Um, I wish sometimes I'd sort of left more things to the biological parents um, rather than, you know, trying to trying to help um, where I thought I could. And I, I guess my sort of big, <laughs> if I was doing it again, um, would be that I, I wish that I knew that how the children were towards me wasn't really a reflection of whether they liked me or not. Um, and there wasn't much I could do about it. And it was more tied up to do with their other feelings of sort of anger or hurt about their parents' separation. Mm. I mean, that makes obviously complete sense. And children also, they're so rational sometimes. Mm. You know, with, with adults, you can say, come on, you've really got to think before you speak. But even with my children, they'll just be extraordinarily irrational. Mm. And that's in a much easier set of circumstances than children who are adjusting to a new family structure. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, in in, in a lot of cases in a step family, um, you know, obviously some people have their children, stepchildren full time, but more often than not, children will go between homes. And you have no control over what gets said in the other home. So, you know, I think a lot of stepmoms will tell me they feel so frustrated about things that happen um, or things that get said that they don't they don't feel are helpful. But actually, you have no control over that. So I sort of think the earlier you can embrace your inner Elsa and let it go, <laughs> the better. Um, you can't control everything. So it's, it's just not worth trying. And how do you deal then with the sort of anger? You know, you talked about the feelings of anger and hurt and potentially things that were said to you or about you that made you just not feel welcome. How do you deal with them? Sort of understanding that obviously these are very complicated emotions that are being mm. manifested by young people. You know, on the one hand, you know, do you say that this is not appropriate or do you let it go? Or are there some times that you kind of revisit a situation afterwards when things are calmed down and and what's the best way to deal with that? Because it's not, it's not pleasant for you. I mean, it's all very well thinking, oh, well, you know, they're children and they're dealing with a lot, but you know, this is also your life and your new family and your other children. And it's everyone who has to deal with this kind of negativity. So it's, it is hard. Yeah. And I think that's one place where kind of stepmoms really feel like they can't enforce the same boundaries as biological mothers might be able to. So you, um, I feel very comfortable with my own children saying, no, 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 these are the rules in this house. <laughs> um, but you almost because probably of the narratives that you grow up with about a stepmom, the minute you say something like that to a stepchild, you feel like you are that wicked stepmother. So I think, I mean, the mistake I made probably was to, in the early days, definitely let more things go. But then, of course, some of that resentment built up. Um, and I think because I had a biological child of a similar age to my partner's children, I was very conscious that actually I've got I've got to treat them equally. But at the same time, it felt bad treating them equally. So, you know, for example, common family situation, my children get expected to eat their vegetables at dinner. So I would say to my son, no, you're not having pudding until you finish your vegetables. But it felt awful saying that to somebody else's children and seeing them sit there like you know reluctantly spooning vegetables in whereas with my own child I'm kind of like <laughs> that's fine you have to do that um so I think it's it's just really about finding an outlet for your emotions that feels okay um and 
you know, th- those sorts of emotions that you talk about, anger, guilt, shame, frustration, we all have them. We all have them as mothers. I know I can say to my friends, oh, I just really lost my rag this morning with the kids. I asked them to put their shoes on 10 times and then I ended up just shouting at them and I feel terrible. And they'll all say to me, oh, don't worry, we've all been there. But you, you don't feel you can do that as a stepmom. So I would say, like, try and deal with those emotions earlier on. I didn't and they built up and then it became a problem. Um, but, yeah, just acknowledge that you'll have the same ones. Because it's, I, you know, I think that children feel unfairness really viscerally. Mm. Um, and I can see how if you're in a situation where one child, because of who their biological parent is, gets, you know, one set of expectations and, and boundaries, and then the other children get a different set. And you might think, oh, God, you know what? To be honest, it's 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 their their problem. If they're going to not eat the vegetables, it's not for me. It's not like I want the vegetables to be eaten. I just want them to be <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, if they're not going to eat the vegetables, that's their problem, not mine. Whereas your child doesn't see that. Mm. It's like, well, they get away with everything. Mm. And I have definitely... And that affects their relationship. Yeah, exactly. Um, And, you know, I've always been very lucky in that my my son always got on very, very well with my partner's daughters. Um, And, you know, it's nice now they sort of have formed their own friendships as they're older. I don't think we would have made it if they hadn't got on and they hadn't have been able to form those relationships because whenever things were really tough... I could look at those kids playing together and think, you know, I've got to, they've already seen one set of parents split up. I want to show them what a healthy relationship can look like. Um, but the fairness is is really key. And I think after a while, and this is, you know, this is another trap that stepmoms fall into, and you have to excuse the phrase, but we end up doing the wife work. So we end up being the people going, come on, kids, brush your teeth. Come on, kids, eat your veg. Come on, kids, get dressed. And actually then the children, the stepchildren will sometimes think, oh, God, she's always nagging. Isn't my dad wonderful? (laughs) Um, So we have to get our partners to step up. And as time went by, I definitely stepped back from doing things for the children but of course, then whilst they would see me not kind of saying, pick up the towels after you've had a bath and all those sort of things, it then also felt like, okay, well, does she not care as much? So you're constantly, it's like you're constantly overanalyzing everything to to try and to try and do the right thing. And that, like I said, there's nowhere really to go to have those conversations. And one of the great things about um, the feedback I got from the podcast was people saying, I thought it was just me. And thank God it's not because people don't talk about this stuff. Um, so it was, it's been amazing really to have that opportunity um, through the podcast to connect with other stepmoms and help them see, you know, it's not just you, all these feelings are normal. You're not a terrible person um, and it will get better. Mm-hmm. And in terms of sort of what you've learned, uh, what what would you say the most important lessons of the step parenting journey you've been on have been for you? I think um, it's a it's a good question. Definitely for me, bottling things up and plastering on a smile is not good. Um, so you know, there was a time when from the outside I would have definitely looked like I was holding it all together. Um, inside, I was a mess. So. You know, I, I became really anxious at weekends when the girls were coming. It would sort of start midweek, actually, and I would be thinking, oh, what's going to go wrong this weekend? And just looking back, I can see how badly it affected me, sort of treading on eggshells in my own home. Um, and I wish I'd I wish I'd sort of broached that earlier with my partner. Um, 
and talked about how I was struggling. And actually, I wish I'd been a bit more vulnerable with the children and talked about some of the things that I was finding hard. I think as an adult, you often think you've got to kind of, you know, stiff up a lip, everything's all right, can't let the children see me upset, can't let the children see me cry. And obviously, there's a there's a fine line. But since I've shared more with the children, what I found hard, their empathy has been amazing. Um, so I, I do wish I'd shared a bit more of that earlier on. Um, I, think- I think that, you know, that vulnerability is such it's such a great way of making friends. It's like fast tracking relationships. Yeah. And I find that with my contemporaries. And I see that on the bump class that, you know, we here we have an environment where some women are like, I'm actually not that excited to be pregnant. And people are like, oh my God, me too. <laughs> and I feel terrible. And like suddenly they're great, great, great mates. But I can imagine then that works with children really well too. If you're always the perfect mother who's always like enjoying it and I've always got this under control, that makes you quite a distant, sort of steely, almost cartoon character person. Whereas if you're someone who tries really hard but doesn't always nail it, yeah. that makes you much more relatable. Yeah. Children are always feeling that they're messing up. Yeah, and I mean, I I definitely didn't nail it. Um, there were, you know, a million things that I wish I'd done differently. But it, it's funny because I've, I think as a, as a biological mother, I can forgive myself a lot easier, but my mistakes as a stepmom feel harder to forgive I don't know why I haven't kind of got to the bottom of that despite uh quite a lot of therapy about the whole thing um but yeah the the when I have talked to the children about things that I've found hard they've they've been amazing um you know credit to them and what about how important is the relationship with your kind of step the parent on the other side so their mother is that I mean because I can imagine that is potentially a really difficult relationship and in an ideal world you'd all be great friends and you'd always respect each other and you'd be like you know that film stepmom like the, the oh gosh yeah half of that film when they're just like you know they realize finally that you know they're they're, they're good people but I always but say how- about that film like the the mother has to get terminal cancer before the stepmom and the mum can become friends like it should Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market have to come to that you know (laughs) but how important is that relationship how how do you navigate that relationship and and what if you know it's really difficult and actually you can't be friends so I don't I don't think you have to be friends and I think you have to take everything um as it comes you know a lot of biological mothers will feel incredibly threatened by a stepmom um and I think it's important to have empathy for that um I think 
depending on the situation, you'll probably get a sense quite early on of whether this is going to be a difficult relationship or not. I think it's helpful to remember you don't have to have a relationship with that person. You know, it's your partner who chose to have a child with them and it's really for them to own that. If you can, great. But if if the mother doesn't want that, then I think you sort of have to be respectful of that. Um, and actually, you know, you can sort of have a quote unquote relationship with somebody without having contact with them, say, um, my first son's father and I are divorced um, and we sort of arrange all of our childcare between each other. So you could say I don't have a relationship with his stepmom, but we'll always chat if we're at a football match watching him or, you know, on the doorstep. So I think suss out what works. Don't go in too fast because a lot of the time a mother doesn't want her child to have a stepmom. You don't grow up, you know, you don't grow a baby wanting to share them with somebody. Um, so I think take it at its own pace, but don't feel like you have to have the relationship. And how, you know, I'm just thinking like in terms of sort of very often with reflection, you think that's what I should have done at the beginning. Is it worth potentially saying, you know, writing something or saying something like I respect the fact that, that my presence in, in the life of your ex is difficult, but I want to do this with you and I want to help you and I want your children to be happy. Is it worth saying that, even though that might be difficult to take? Because as you said, not everyone's in the position to be like, brilliant, another lovely woman in my children's life. You're just <laughs> yeah. not at that end. Even though rationally you should, but there's that rational part of your brain going, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's that it's that visceral, you know, we are animals and we do have genetic biological ties to our young. Like we want to protect them. And you never is that more evident than in a step family when you're trying to stick up for your biological child, he's trying to stick up for his biological child. And, you know, you see it all play out in a very sort of primal um, biological way. Um, but I think if you are getting into that relationship with somebody with children and your partner has open communication with their ex, it is probably very helpful for them to talk to their ex about you as a stepmom. I know in the early days I said to, you know, my partner, tell, tell her that I get how painful it is to share your child with somebody else. I'm not going to try and be a another mother I just want them to be happy when they're in our house um and you know there's not could that not have come from you or would that have been better coming from you or would it have been worse you know I I don't know I think at the time it was all so new that it it probably I felt maybe would have been a bit intrusive um I mean we we, you know we've met for a coffee in the early-ish days um just to chat more more for the kids I think um to see that to see that that was okay um I think I felt very conscious that I didn't want to impose where I wasn't welcome um but you know I've tried lots of things some of them have worked some of them haven't yeah and it's so individual isn't it yeah totally um and we're all you know, we're all going through things <laughs> in our life. Um, and you you just have to try and remember that everybody is probably doing their best. Mm. 
And in terms of, is there anything you'd do differently if you were starting out as a stepmom again? Yeah, um, 100%. So I think I would get on the same page as my partner really, really early on about what our roles were going to be with regards to the children. I think I, you know, I mentioned earlier, I felt like I picked up quite a lot of the wife work and quite a lot probably of what the children saw as nagging. Um, I, you know, the go and have a bath, it's time to go to bed, you need to brush your teeth, you can't have any more sweets, those types of things. Um, Because you see a lot in separated families, kind of permissive parenting, more often than not from the dads, actually. Um, And I think I should have been a lot clearer with my partner about what I was and wasn't going to do, because I think the kids just saw me probably in more of a negative light because I picked up more of that stuff and actually as as it went on you know I thought you know what does it matter if they don't you know they don't eat their veg when they're with me not really I I want them to because I care about them but they're not perceiving it in the same way so it's just causing an issue so maybe just step back from that um I think if I would definitely try and sort of access some sort of family counselling, some workshops, something. Um, I bought a lot of books. I bought a lot of activity books for the children. I read a lot on the internet and spent a lot of time sort of, you know, I remember one activity with my stepdaughter where we wrote down things that she was cross about on rocks and sort of threw them into the sea and things like that seemed to help. But it was it was nothing formal. It was just like me trying searching for things um which is again something that I I really want to try and help women get access to um and then I think just really getting my partner to understand that if I didn't want to spend a whole weekend with him and his kids it wasn't about me not wanting to be with them it was about me thinking actually I want you guys to have time on your own and I want to go off and do something with my son so I think we spent a lot of time as a kind of group of five in the early days, which was really stressful for everybody. And I, me and my partner were in slightly different positions because he wanted us to sort of bond as a family. I wanted us to spend a little bit more time separately. Um, so I'd probably be a bit tougher on that. And then I think just kind of not worry so much about what other people thought. Like it was really important to me that their mum thought I was doing a decent job um in the beginning because I thought well if you're if your kids with somebody else like every other weekend you want to know that they're okay so I probably put too much emphasis on what people outside of our family thought about how we were getting on rather than just thinking do you know what this is our four walls and, and what goes on in here is up to us but also the reality is that even if you did an amazing job and you had a really happy harmonious weekend that might not be what the kids are telling their mother. I see that yeah. even with, you know, my kids. And, you know, I hear from the teacher and see the videos. They had a great school trip. And then they come back going, oh, God, it was so boring. You're like, <laughs> I actually know that was rubbish. And I just sometimes I think our children just, well, A, they want to, they often tell us what we want to hear because they love us, especially in those fragile situations. But also their perspective is very different. And often they remember the last half an hour as opposed to the amazing Saturday morning you had. But on Sunday, you know, that's all forgotten. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I hear that a lot in that children will come back and, you know, they they might say, oh, um, so-and-so said a swear word the other day, but they would forget to mention that 
so-and-so had stubbed their toe first and had said the swear word very quietly under their breath. And before that, they'd had a whole host of lovely family activities. So all that, either all that goes home is something that isn't quite a fair representation of the weekend. Or yeah, you're spot on. Children do tell, they le- children learn very early on. Actually, if I say this, it makes my mum sad, so I'm not going to say it. And I've had things like that played back to me um, in my own world. So, you know, I I sort of know that that is definitely the case. Mm-hmm. You know how people do marriage courses before they get married? I mean, listen, it's not commonplace, but definitely people do, you know, and I think it's a really good thing because very often you're so in love or in lust with someone and they're like, marry me and here's a lovely piece of jewellery. And you're like, it's a bit awkward to say no, but... <laughs> so romantic and you get swept away but you haven't really thought are we aligned on how we want to live our lives yeah. and what church we want and where we want to live and all of this you haven't even had the conversation you know I've had friends who've split up because one wanted kids and the other didn't and I'm like did you not discuss this yeah. before you agreed to have the whole you spent more time planning the wedding than you did talking about yeah. what kind of life you want and actually if that's a sort of acceptable social thing surely having some kind of course when you become a step parent it would be so beneficial you know what do we want what is important to us what are our gay our goals and how are we going to achieve this when you know you're essentially dealing with one of the most difficult and and fragile sort of situations in life totally and you know also on top of that you've got the situation where in most relationships where there are children involved the couple will tend to wait until they're in a very serious committed relationship before they introduce the children so you might have been with that person six nine twelve months you know and already be planning a future and then you introduce the kids and up until then all you've seen is lovely photos and lovely videos of these little darlings and you might discover actually these little darlings aren't such darlings to me um you you know it takes time to fall in love with a with a grown-up it also takes time to build a relationship with a child but the way that we enter um step families and relationships with children is quite blind um and I think it's very very important to work with your partner on some of those fundamentals some of those boundaries you know you get into a relationship and you're you're not only in a relationship with your partner you've got those children there and it's surprising and frustrating to so many women how much control they lose of their life because there is also an ex so you know you can't book a last minute holiday with your children because you have to check the schedule and you know all of those things that you don't necessarily think of in the early days I know I thought a lot more about kind of the emotional stuff rather than the practical stuff and then I, I found that one really difficult all of a sudden I couldn't just go oh the kids have got a PD day let's see if we can get a great deal on something at the last minute because everything has to be checked um so yeah it's, it's not easy and you know with regard to that whole you know introduction to the new partner thing which I think is pretty universal I don't want my children to be introduced to every girlfriend that you have Uh, But then, you know, do you think that's the right way to go about it, that you only really get introduced when it's a sort of fait accompli? This is the woman I'm going to have a relationship with and you're only just meeting her now as opposed to giving them a little bit of agency and saying, what do you think? I mean, I don't know. What's 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 the answer there? Do we do it the right way? Yeah, I so I I mean, when we met, we introduced each other as friends and my you know, our kids were used to having play dates with their grown up and a friend. So we our plan was to let that build over time. Um, Somebody else had actually 
told the children that we we were more than friends. So that sort of was taken out of our hands, um, which was a shame because from that moment, the children changed with me. So I, I think personally, if you can do that and you can just say, oh, this is a, a friend of mum or dad's and we're spending some time together. Because the other thing is then you get to see what your partner's like as a parent, um, which obviously... You know, if you're two single people getting married and then you have a child, you don't know what your par- your partner's like as a parent till you are a parent. <laughs> so in a step family situation, you, you can have that benefit um, in some ways. So I think that is the best way to do it if if you can. And do you think if your if the, your children and stepchildren had learned from you as opposed to a third party that you two were an item, it would have been easier? Or do you think that struggle was just about the fact that the relationship they thought was A is suddenly B? Um, I think if I had had my sort of preferred way of doing it, it would have been a lot more gradual. And I think it probably still would have been difficult for them, um, definitely. But I think it we would have been able to deliver the message. And, you know, it's like we talked about before, those loyalty binds with our children. So you know, my 12 year old said to me the other day, oh, I, I used to feel really guilty liking my stepmom. Um, and he said, and I never really knew why, because you always told me that she was nice. And you always said that, you know, it was great that I had somebody to talk to. But he said, I just felt really bad. And that's with me kind of going over and above to like, say, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. So I think the way that children hear things from people has a huge impact on them, it, it, even implicitly tone, you know, children pick up a lot, um, you know, as you know. So, yeah, I, I do think it I do think it would have been a little different in the early days, but I'm sure we would have still come across most of the challenges that we did. But amazing, actually, that your son admitted that to you, because that's a difficult thing to admit. And I think at the core of this, which is, I think, at the core of parenting, it's about communication. Mm. And if, you know, we can't we can't get rid of all the difficult times and the different difficult situations that our children are going to experience. And like, as you said, none of us set out to get divorced. It just sometimes divorce is the best option in a a certain situation. But if we can kind of keep those, those methods of communication, you know, so that children can communicate to us when they're feeling vulnerable or sad or anxious or experiencing feelings that they might well be ashamed of, Mm. you know, like that sort of, I feel guilty loving her. And that's quite a a big thing to admit. Mm. Um, Then I think, you know, we can't, you know, ensure it's going to be a smooth ride. And quite frankly, if it was all a smooth ride, there's going to be something wrong. There's going to be something (laughs) brewing there as in life. But if we can sort of say, this is going to be hard and there are going to be times when it's going to be really difficult for you, but let's just keep on talking about it and being honest with each other. And whatever you say to me, I will not judge you for it. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the best thing we can do, isn't it? Yeah. And that's why it's strange because you're in, you're, you're almost strangers, but you're kind of in that parent role already. And I definitely, if I was doing it again, would be saying to the girls, do you know what? Like, if you need space from me, we need to talk about that. Just be, be open. But also at the time you're thinking, well, I don't know if that's the right thing to say. And, and the overthinking is incredible you know people overthink things as a parent but when you're a step parent my overthinking gene went into ridiculous overdrive yeah (laughs) my dog is if you can hear listeners if you can hear some banging it's my dog's tail (laughs) (laughs) um so you know I think we just really we just need to give everybody a break um so stepmom biological mom stepdad biological dad children and just go do you know what this is 
bloody hard for everybody and nobody is going into it hopefully trying to make life difficult for anybody else um and the children should come first but that doesn't mean that the children are the only people who matter so you know we know that stepmoms suffer twice as much anxiety and depressions as biological mothers um and it's that feeling of feeling isolated and totally out of control of your own life but it's not socially acceptable to talk about that because you will be told well, you knew he had children um and I, you know I talk about that line a lot because we never say to a mum who's struggling well you knew what you were getting into when you got pregnant but we're quite happy to say to a stepmom but you knew he had kids so what did you expect um and I just desperately desperately want that narrative to change so we can offer better support for stepmoms which is you know why I launched the BBC podcast in the first place um, and now I've founded a a support platform called Stepmom Space um, online and with a new podcast series as well and it's just all about creating a space where stepmoms and anyone who cares about a stepmom you know a, a, a man who's with a stepmom somebody who's got a stepmom somebody who's friends with the stepmom you know, throughout this whole thing my friends have said to me well, you never really talked about a lot of that and I said it's because I was ashamed like so no I didn't I plastered on a smile and inside I would shut the door and just burst into tears because I would just feel like the people in my home aren't happy and I'm powerless to do anything about that um so I think you know I just desperately want women in this situation to feel like they've got permission to feel how they feel um and once we establish that then we can work on what we do with it well and also we'll begin start to begin to you know change the stereotype Mm. of this wicked stepmother which is so entrenched in so much of society in terms of entertainment and media and language and you know and that's you know, not making life easier for anyone, least of all the children. And if we can have a more honest conversation around what step parenting is like, um, and, you know, that's going to slowly change that. Yeah. And it has to, you know, because it's it's the fastest growing type of family in the UK, sadly, I guess. Um, Or should we say sadly? I don't know. Like, maybe that's wrong. Much better that people move on and find happiness in a different relationship that are bound for their entire lives in an unhappy and unfulfilling relationship. Yeah. I mean, it's 2022, yeah. you know. Yeah, and you think for your children, you know, I, I want my my son from my first marriage and we, we've got two little ones together now, so there's five five kids in our world. Um, you know, I want them to see a successful relationship. And actually, if my son can see more than one successful relationship, then that can only be a good thing, right? Absolutely. Well, Katie, it's amazing what you're doing. I really salute what you're doing. Um, tell me a bit about how people can access the the platform that you've created. Yep. So we're online at stepmumspace.com. Um, and we're on all the socials at stepmumspace. Um, and you can read about what we're up to um, you can find the podcasts I've been doing some really interesting work actually um, co-creating an online workshop with an identity consultant who's a specialist in working with people who feel like they don't belong um, so actually we've created some fab workshops using a mix of sort of internationally accredited coaching techniques psychology based storytelling tools um, and just creating a safe space for women to 
re-script their story really um but we hear a lot that people feel powerless to change the situation they're in actually you have a lot more control over your life than you think but in that situation it can't it often doesn't feel like that so all of that um information is available on stepmumspace.com well thank you so much uh, katie it's been so great talking to you i feel it's so relevant to basically everyone because everyone knows someone and to be able to support someone going through a really tricky time I think is a real privilege and thank you all for listening to this episode of the parenthood you can subscribe rate and review wherever you found this podcast Uh, I'm on instagram at marina.fogel but in the meantime from Katie and me thanks for listening deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.